Hello, hello, and welcome to the Big Energy, Big Magic podcast. So this is Rhiannon, the host of this podcast, and we are coming up to the Christmas season. As I'm recording this, it's December 21. So I have been thinking it might be a really good time to do a little chit chat about boundaries. So going alcohol-free, exploring sobriety, maybe you're choosing to taper down, maybe you're exploring whether or not going alcohol-free serves you, maybe you've been sober for a long time. Wherever you're at with this space, I thought it would be a good time to talk about boundaries because it is one of the first issues with choosing to not drink. And I have definitely seen it to be a recurring theme. I'm coming up to three years sober. And even now, I still have moments where my relationship with boundaries slides or a new situation comes up. And I feel a little bit of pressure or people pleasing or things like it's somebody's birthday, but I'm feeling maybe a little triggered by a situation or just particularly tired and not in the mood. And exploring my relationship to boundaries continues to come up. So I wanted to talk about this from the lens of a highly sensitive empath, which I certainly am. And also the lens of kind of the holiday season, the festive season, and how I approach and navigate setting boundaries with others. Because one of the first things I came to understand as I explored sobriety was that, I mean, I'm really of the opinion that if you struggle with setting boundaries with yourself with alcohol which if you're, you know, interested in being sober curious or interested in, you know, reducing the amount that you drink, there is definitely something there around boundaries without even getting into the kind of chemical addiction that happens with alcohol, but let's just say let's just focus on how if you are somebody who struggles to set boundaries with yourself around a substance, then boundaries will be a theme. It is something that will constantly, you know, and will probably be the first thing that comes up when you decide to stop drinking. How to have a relationship with flexible boundaries, because I definitely experienced in my first year of uh, choosing to be sober, I had very rigid boundaries and I needed them. I really, you know, I really desired to feel safe in my body, safe with myself, safe with my decisions. And because of that, I decided to make very, very strict boundaries. And I just needed them because I had not grown strong enough in my ability to set boundaries in more triggering or more stressful situations like going out for kind of drinks at night. For myself and for others, that was a very strong boundary in the first year of sobriety. I didn't meet up with people for drinks. I didn't meet up with people after 10. I didn't go to weddings. Um, and perhaps that was a very, that might be a little bit too rigid for certain people, but for me, as I've shared before, it had been 12 years of trying and I just needed to reset my nervous system at that time. I, I desired to relearn the habituation of reaching for a drink, especially in uncomfortable or overstimulating situations. Now that 
I very much relax those boundaries now. Um, you know, I've been sharing, I, I'm part of different sober circles and I've been sharing, I very easily and joyfully and happily go to all kinds of drinking events now. And I don't drink, I have zero desire to drink, but that took time to build that self-trust and build the trust in myself to honor my boundaries. And also, honestly, to build up that window of tolerance, like to build up the awareness of my window of tolerance in different situations. So for example, recently, it's been World Cup season, and a lot of my friends are really into it. And I have used recognizing and working with my window of tolerance in my body as a tool for when it's time for me to maybe um, eject out of a situation a little bit early than I was expecting to. So one of the tools that you can really start to explore and play with if you are learning to set boundaries, navigating, creating more flexible boundaries, or maybe just learn, you know, starting to explore sobriety, starting to set some some maybe harder or more rigid boundaries for yourself. I really think setting boundaries goes hand in hand with knowing your window of tolerance. And window of tolerance for me is a somatic experience. It's an experience in the body. We have a physical window of tolerance that can grow when we use healing tools, nervous system tools, tools that help us kind of relax in more stressful situations. But until we become very skilled or very aware of our window of tolerance and where we're at in relationship to it, I think that setting boundaries can feel either really challenging or extremely rigid because it's like, I've got to say no whether I feel like it or not because I'm reaching the the limits of you know, my window of tolerance, and I didn't even realize that I was getting there. So going into this holiday season and exploring, I feel like a general, generally, it's a time where our boundaries can be tested, whether you're with family, maybe you're, you know, going through a difficult time or at home or dealing with loneliness or any of those things that a lot of things can come up for the holidays. Setting boundaries with yourself and with others is something that you can start to do today. It's December 21st and maybe you've been triggered lately or maybe you've already set some boundaries for yourself at the start of the month and you're wavering on them. But today I really invite you to feel into where your window of tolerance is around stressful situations. So to set boundaries for this, you know, the upcoming holidays, and maybe you've got things planned for New Year's Eve, really feel into, I like to write this down or make a voice note, but make it really clear for yourself, like write it down or make it a solid kind of statement to yourself. What are the things that are an absolute trigger. Like, absolutely, I I don't want to handle that right now. I don't choose to handle that right now. So I'm going to remove myself from the situation or avoid that situation altogether. Knowing your nose, basically. Knowing what will be 100% an out, a red flag, uh, I'm out of here situation. Knowing those will really help you decide what will be your rigid boundaries. And those are the things that there's just, you're just abiding by them. So this can be things like staying past 10 p.m. for some people. 
Uh, things like maybe a very challenging relationship and the person sits next to you. Maybe that's not, that's not, you're not available for that right now. You're still in a space of healing where those types of interactions might be a little too challenging for you and it's safe and there is a way to state your needs around those boundaries without causing a ruckus because I think that a lot of for me especially I really required a lot of soothing and almost expansion around the idea that it's possible to say no without ruffling any feathers. I am born and raised in the Philippines, very family-centric culture, and I really didn't have a lot of experience with people saying no, honoring their boundaries, and not having it be made into a huge fight or a huge deal or insulting anybody. So I really learned to start, I almost, I called in what I would call expanders or Lacey Phillips from To Be Magnetic. I'll link her below. I talk about her a lot in this podcast, but she talks about expanders a lot. I literally called in expanders for how to set boundaries in calm, communicative, respectful, and honoring of both sides ways. So And they came. I started to meet people or honestly, I just started to notice people were already around me that were very, very integrated in the way that they would set boundaries. And I started to notice the way that they would do them. And it would give me this aha moment of like, oh, there is a way to consciously communicate, you know, just honestly, the simplest way, it doesn't have to be all therapy speak, but just literally dropping into your heart and speaking from your heart without any intention, any resentment, any blame or shame, and just saying, you know, that's not a va- I can't do that right now. I'm just too tired. Can I move? You know, there's a way, it's, it's a very integrated and creative way that might be unique to you and your situation, but just setting that possibility that there is expansion in you know, there is expansion possible in the ways that you can say no and uphold your boundaries. And I genuinely believe that once you set this intention, you will surprise yourself with the ways that you can invite people to honor their own boundaries. And you'll surprise yourself with the situations that are met with kind of like grace and dignity and, oh, okay, yeah, of course you're going home early. No problem. Or yeah, I can move you. I understand or whatever is coming up for you that you've got to set a boundary around for a specific event. So that's kind of dealing with social boundaries and and setting social boundaries with that. And then as I said earlier, stating a statement or writing down a statement of what is a 100% no for you. Like that just is not, you're not available for that at this time because you're in a healing process and knowing your no's basically uh, and setting those down somewhere so you can really set the intention to abide by those boundaries during this time. Another thing that I mentioned earlier and I want to more clearly state, um, working with your window of tolerance And I think that might be a little bit of therapy speak. I learned about the window of tolerance from a trauma-informed coaching training that I recently took. But your window of tolerance is essentially the window in your body where you feel safe 
where you feel able to be socially engaged, interact with people in a calm way. And we can go towards, you know, we can even go towards the limits of our window of tolerance. Like when we're having maybe a challenging conversation with a loved one, but we feel safe, we know that they're hearing us, we're having a clearing conversation, a calm conversation, but oops, you know, I'm getting towards the end of my window of tolerance, but I've got tools to self-regulate. That's kind of no, that's kind of understanding your window of tolerance and learning to really pay attention to how that shows up for you. Learning what activities, which people, which spaces even, which rooms in your house, which uh, walks that you walk on, which spaces when you drive in bring you a, you know, a more calm place in your window of tolerance and then knowing which areas, which people, which events, which times of day even bring you a little bit closer to the edge of your window of tolerance. And learning to even just practice awareness of that can really help you start to set the groundwork around setting boundaries, like understanding, you know, maybe there's a challenging person that wants to meet with you and you have been paying attention to your window of tolerance. So you will understand, okay, challenging person in my life, but they're, you know, I love them. Maybe they're a family member. I'm that you know, I still want to continue the relationship. Therefore, I'm not going to meet them after five o'clock or six o'clock when I know that I'm a little bit more drained or I'm a little bit more tired. If that's you, everybody has different windows of tolerance. So you would then say, okay, I will meet with you, but let's have brunch. Let's have an early in the day meeting because I know that my window of tolerance is a little bit higher at that time and I'll have more capacity to hold space for you and if necessary, hold boundaries with you. So really, once again, just restating, knowing your no's, knowing what are hard no's for you during this season. Number two, starting to play with and explore your window of tolerance. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're intuitively inclined, you probably already have a basic idea of what feels good for you, what feels right for you, and what feels really out of alignment. But to put it into like a more concrete practice, it really is somatically, meaning in your body, paying attention to what brings you well within your window of tolerance, what makes you feel calm, safe, socially connected and engaged, able to engage with people, and what takes you way the heck out of it, and really honoring what that is for you. What I love about the window of tolerance, especially in the trauma training that I took, is that one of the main things to recognize is with your window of tolerance, it's nothing to do with what's right or wrong or moral or socially better. It is a literal biological primal response. So there's, so, you know, if you're in a healing phase where you're setting boundaries, learning what is within your window of tolerance and outside of it is a very biological, like primal animalistic feeling. It is just where you're at in your healing journey right now. And as you come to learn, explore and play with that window of tolerance, you will start to, the more you become aware of, oh, I'm starting to reach the limits of my window of tolerance. As you become more practiced in setting boundaries and exploring your window of tolerance, you will develop resilience, meaning, okay, I'm in this situation. I can choose to stay in this situation and be present a little bit longer because you will develop tools, resilience tools. I have a podcast episode a few episodes back, which is about building resilience. Um, 
To put it in short, it's simply taking extreme self-care practices, carving out as much as possible daily practices that bring you back into your center. As you continue to do those practices, you will strengthen your ability to move you know, closer to the limit of your window of tolerance, um, and it will feel more, more stable, more centered. It won't be such a leap. I know for me, when I was, I still sometimes do this, but when I was really first playing with boundaries and window of tolerance, it was very extreme, the jump, right? So I would be fine, you know, maybe in a social event, socializing, enjoying, and then bam, within five or 10 minutes, I was exhausted and I needed to go home. Like it was just... And, and people would comment on it. Like, I, uh, yeah, I had friends who'd be like, wow, you get tired really quickly. And um, it was almost, speaking just for myself, it was almost like I felt that it was a bit imbalanced because it was, I just didn't have the awareness built within myself yet to recognize, let's say 30 minutes before I was too tired and had to go home. I would only recognize it because I wasn't used to checking in with my soma, with my felt body experience. I would just go, oh my gosh, I've hit my limit. I'm so tired. I have to go home. Red light. So it can be a really good time if you feel open to it to really start to explore your window of tolerance, especially in the moments where you, you know, when you have time for yourself, maybe in the early morning or if you're, you know, off of work and on break and really allowing yourself to feel into your body and build that present, that felt sense awareness. Um, and again, check out the building resilience episode that I created a few weeks, a few episodes back where it talks about sort of tools to build resilience through building awareness in the body. So as we move forward into this holiday season, I really invite you to explore what boundaries mean for you, how, which ones are your hard no's, which ones are things that you're willing to have some flexibility around because maybe you do, you know, you have, you know that you've been on this journey for a while, you've been on a healing or a sobriety journey for a while, and you know that you can handle certain things. And then the last thing I want to cover is just some some practical tools to help you if you are in a situation like maybe you're staying with family over the weekend or over the Christmas season and you know there's not you don't you feel like maybe you don't have a ton of control over the external circumstances because I think that's a big part of stress for people in the holiday season they're like well I'm staying with my parents or you know my whole family is back at home and the whole house is crowded or whatever that situation shows up for you some practical tools that I want to offer to you as we're in this season where boundaries are coming up or being pushed is this is a really so a couple of things the first one is to really commit to making some time for yourself maybe it's a daily walk um, there was a point in time where I would literally just make voice notes on my phone as kind of a form of journaling, and that was my alone time. Um, if you can set up, if you can set yourself up for better success with this, like maybe requesting, hey, can I have my own room when I stay? Or, hey, can I stay somewhere else? Like I know a lot of people have done that where they're like, you know, this year I'm going to get an Airbnb. Um, or maybe it's, you know, doing things like 
as, like taking a long bath or setting or really spending a little bit of um, money treating yourself to get like a, a meditation class in or a spa class in, but really carving out those moments for yourself and getting creative about setting yourself up for success. If you know you are going to be in a situation where maybe there are going to be things out of your control, then setting yourself up for success within those. So for me, that looks like I always create my own um, exit strategy. So I don't rely on other people to get home. I have my own way of getting home. And I often let people know in advance that I'm going to be leaving early because I don't want to deal with too many protests when I say at 10.30 or 11, I'm heading out. Um, It's kind of an expected thing. So really just setting yourself up for success. And then the other thing that I think is a little bit unique, but I find it really helpful is I share this a lot. Um, I was working with a sobriety client earlier this year and she found it really helpful, but having physical tools on you to remind you that you are prioritizing yourself at this time can be really, really helpful. So this looks like having, I call it a sobriety toolkit. Um, Maybe for you, sobriety is not the word. It can be an empath toolkit, a self-care toolkit, but it's literally just a little pouch that I have in my purse and it has physical reminders of self-care. So I put in like my favorite relaxing teas because I know if I'm going out or I'm with, you know, different people then you know, having a little bag of tea available and I, you can usually ask for hot water in different social situations and I'll, you know, reach into my toolkit and I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna have a glass of tea. Um, this is also somewhat, I got this idea from the book, Quit Like a Woman. I referenced it in the last podcast episode and she talks about how she created a sobriety toolkit. And I found it to be a really good helpful, at least in the sense of really anchoring in. It's like a physical reminder of, I've set myself up to put myself first right now in a loving, integrated, and non-judgmental way. So I'm going to stay committed to that. And she recommends, she really loved bringing like a whole lemon with her. Um, in the Philippines, it's really useful because you can bring calamansi and they're like little lemons. So that's helpful because you can just, they're smaller than a huge lemon in your bag. But bringing that in your toolkit, you can ask for a hot water with lemon. And a lot of people find that really grounding. And it's another physical reminder of your commitment to self-care. Other things that I put in there are crystals, like a rose quartz that it helps me seal in and anchor that intention. Um, Some people like to also put their kind of like their gratitudes or the things that they've accomplished since becoming sober or the things that they desire to accomplish because they're choosing to, you know, cut back on alcohol or take it out completely. They have a little list in there so they can take it out anytime they're feeling really triggered. Um, and anything else, essential oils as well is a really big one, like a lavender or something to pep you up. That's, but that was actually extremely helpful for me. Um, more in the second year of my sobriety, I had a lavender and then I had like an orange or a lemon essential oil and it would help me kind of just pep myself up if I needed to, or calm myself down. And as you can see, that's working with your window of tolerance and coming to recognize your window of tolerance. Like, oh, I'm getting a little bit tired. I'm going to pep myself up or, oh, I'm getting a little bit stressed out, a little bit riled up. I'm going to calm my nervous system down. So that can be really helpful. And a final little kind of like unique 
strategy that I have is also wearing, <laughs> this can be really unique, but it is something that I find very helpful, is wearing jewelry or clothes that also means something to you in terms of self-care. So some people wear like crystal bracelets or a necklace that means a lot to them, you know, maybe a piece of jewelry that has a symbol that they really resonate with. I have a ring that it, it was, it's like a carving in it and it basically means strength or being dauntless. And um, I laugh because dauntless is like from that movie Divergent, but I got the ring before. If you've seen the movie Divergent, there's like this faction and they're called the dauntless, but it basically means kind of like without fear or being able to face fear. And it really means something to me. So I always look at it whenever I'm feeling a little bit unsure or my boundaries are being pushed. And it's just a physical anchor of my intention. So I, you know, offer those to you as potential tools to navigate through this season. And as always, I'm here for any support, um, even just a little bit of reaching out words of wisdom. One thing I've really learned from sobriety or walking this path of healing is oftentimes so many people are available for support, but it is on me to reach out to them. Um, and that's not always the case. There might be friends, family, close supporters who are just, you know, they're close enough to you to actually check up on you and say, hey, how are you doing? But many times it was kind of on me to reach out and say, hey, I'm struggling or hey, I'm in this situation and uh, I just kind of need to rant to somebody or vent to somebody. And as a Scorpio, <laughs> that wasn't my strength. I didn't like the idea of ranting or rambling or not making sense, but I do invite you to explore that. And I'm always available um, for any kind of just just support, uh, quick messages, especially on Instagram. I'm at Rhiannon Halley. That's linked in the show notes. And I also am holding sobriety coaching spaces. They are linked in the show notes and they start at $111 for an entire month. I find this that package to be very, very helpful because it's unlimited voice note support. So if you are someone that is comfortable with really taking your healing kind of into your own hands, meaning you would be reaching out, you would you know be actively sharing and engaging with me with voice notes, then that would be a really good container to get started with to just really anchor in intentions. This works for sobriety coaching and it also works if you just like to really step into a more embodied and empowered space as we walk into the new year. So those coaching packages are linked below. And as always, my intuitive readings are available. I will be pausing them as I'll be going for a holiday for the Christmas season. So there's just going to be two weeks that the calendar is blocked out. But otherwise, those are always available. And I love engaging with you one-on-one. -on -one. It's one of my favorite ways to interact and just get to know your energy and just really provide support that, you know, support that I really changed my life from when I was reaching for it. So I would love to be that space for you. Check the show notes for that. And if you've come this far, thank you for listening to this episode. I wish you an incredible holiday season. And I pray that this episode really empowered you with tools to explore boundary setting for this season. Lots of love and I'll see you in the next episode.